I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Today, Mike Callow is my guest. Mike, how are you? Good, Doug. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for coming on. For those that don't know, Mike's been the longtime producer of the Bram Weinstein Show. You guys have been together since the Team 980 days. Is that right? Yeah, uh, 2016, actually, I think uh, was when we had the first iteration of the show. Actually, my uh, my first full-time break into the business was with Bram the first time around. So, yeah, first time, long time is, is with Bram's show, essentially. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and do you do you do the producing now? I mean, when Bram left, he started Empire. Are you doing those shows as well, or you're just strictly with uh, the Bram Weinstein show? No, nope, no, nope. I'm just uh, I'm employed by uh, ESPN 6:30, so just uh, do his show. Um, I used to do the the football team broadcast, but that's 980s deal. Um, actually, the the team actually not not the literal team station but the football team actually picks who does that i remember you talking about with him with that a couple months back but uh no i used to do that just a little too much going on because i produced the capitals games as well so uh just uh took a step back but only by espn 6 30 as, as i'm with him when do they expect that the hockey season will start up have they put a date out there for that yet? um so it's a little up and down right now originally it was supposed to be December 1st, I don't see that happening right now. Um, January 1st, I guess, is the new target. February 1st might be another one. So, you know, whichever way you want to look at it, about a month or three months, depending on how optimistic you are. That that sounds about right for 2020. Yeah. Uh, On to the football game now. That was one of the weirdest 23-20 games I think I've seen in a long time. And I guess we'll start with the quarterback situation. They said this morning, it looks like he's done for the rest of the year with the dislocated ankle uh, and they'll go to Smith. Did you feel like yesterday was going to be a Disney moment where, you know, 11 came back out and led the team to the victory. And it felt like that for a very small period of time. I really did. I was in attendance as a fan yesterday, full disclosure. So um, I, I um I really did. Even when he threw the second interception, there was enough time. I mean, we all we all did the math real quick. Three timeouts, two minute warning. All right, he forced something down. It's still you know they still had a chance. And I, I truly did, and it was just just brutal because you felt the momentum, especially in the stadium, that he was going to do it, and he had found his rhythm. And I'm with you. Disney moment would have been what it was. That that would have ended the movie that's going to come out on Alex Smith one day. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work that way, and that's how the games are played. But I, I really thought they were going to do it, and just two unfortunate turnovers did them in. Uh, interesting that you were at the game there. What, they had about 3,000 people in the stands. Is that right? What, was it enough to – like? give you the feel and vibe i mean obviously we're talking about a very small group of people but could you feel the momentum in the crowd on sunday yeah absolutely like when the when defense when defense went out there when they got you know they when they had to force the three and out to get the ball back a little over what i think it was a little over four minutes left the first time around people were banging on chairs standing up i mean it, it, you could feel it in the building i can't tell you it was that loud because it didn't sound that loud but you know maybe in a year where 
these guys are used to having no fans. Um, you know, maybe it pumped them up a little bit, but you could feel it. The crowd definitely, you could feel feel the turn in the crowd, even though there was only 3,000 people there. Did they, when they add in the uh, the fake crowd noise, is that something you guys could hear in the stadium, or is that something they strictly add in on the broadcasts? No, I could actually hear it in the stadium. It was a little weird because – on offense, it was pretty quiet, but on defense, you'd hear the crowd cheer, and then you'd hear like this little bit of extra juice coming out of the speaker. So it was it was pretty funny in that aspect because then you could tell, and this is this is me being a producer in radio, you could hear it slide down a little bit when when the play would end. So it was definitely interesting, but yeah, there's definitely fake crowd noise being pumped in with the fans making noise. It seems like they've gotten a better handle of the of how to use the crowd noise. I. I felt like the first couple of games, they would raise the volume at the end of, like, say, every third down play, and it it automatically made you look for a flag. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we're getting used to some of that crowd noise. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm with you. It definitely, it's definitely sounding way better than it was at the beginning of the year. Definitely agree. So, Coach said this morning that they will stick with Alex Smith going forward. Uh, I'm curious – if if Haskins has it all cleaned up, and we'll assume that he was benched because his preparation habits weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. If and when he gets those cleaned up, are you ready to see number seven again, or have you seen enough of seven just to, to go with Alex Smith from now you on? You know what? Um, I, I'm ready to see seven again only because Ron's kind of told me that, right? Um, he's told us that he's practiced better here in the last month or so at least that's what he told us last week right and and I I do this a lot especially on on my football team show on 6 30 you know I just take what Ron gives us a lot of the time right and I think the way he's talked about Haskins practicing a little bit better last week praising him a bit I mean I'm ready to see a little more of seven um uh, Alex got into a rhythm yesterday but uh you know he was still hesitant especially when pressure was getting to him you could tell he, he can't get away from it um, I, I'm ready to see Haskins again if Alex looks, you know, like he can't run away from a pass rush again. And, and you know what? I'm kind of even this I'm, – I'm even going to go with what Ron has told us this past month. You know, they looked at these four games, the Giants, the Lions, the Bengals, and the Cowboys game, right? Let's say they lose the next two or three or whatever, and they really are out of it for the rest of the season. Yes, let me see Haskins again. I'm not opposed to seeing him again is what I'm saying. Yes, because they need to do something to get his value back up, right? If he's not worth yes. anything right now. And and they you kind of know what you have with Alex. I, I actually said this on Twitter earlier. It's interesting because Ron said this morning they need to see what they have in Alex. Usually you'd think that's crazy, but if he's going to be a bridge quarterback, I guess, you have him under contract for the next couple of years at what, is a decent price if the quarterback's playing well. Uh, so I guess they actually do need to see what he can do the rest of the way. I mean, he did throw for over 300 yards yesterday. They got going a little bit in the third quarter. So I'll just be curious to see how long they wait before they make a move, if they, if they make a move. Because I, I guess I'm not sold that they are going to make a move. Mike, do we lose you?
There we hey, go. Have you back? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Right. We were we were talking about the quarterback before the the call got dropped, and I was just curious how much longer do you think you said within the next three games, right? This short run, we ought to yeah. know what we and Alex and can move on there. Yeah, yeah. I was curious. It's amazing to me what they found in Terry McLaurin. He is quarterback proof. I think it was eight or nine quarterbacks I've seen have thrown him a ball in his short career. He's been fantastic. Yes. Uh, I'm, I, I've, I love to do the rankings. I, I mean, I'm a huge radio head here when it comes to this, but he is already for me. I mean, maybe a top five wide receiver of this franchise, right? When you talk about homegrown guys, guys who are, quarterback proof I tweeted that yesterday give the guy a 10-year extension now and someone actually tweeted back at me how about 20 years um just an amazing player and it's all together right it's, it's kind of rare this franchise gets it right when it comes to a player that not only plays well but has his head on his shoulders says all the right things he was just voted captain this week uh, I can't say anything that no one that that anyone else has already said about him but just a joy to watch, really. And breaking the game open yesterday with Smith throwing the was just awesome. It was almost Santana Moss-esque in a way of just like catching a short ball, running through two or three guys, and then taking it to the house. I can't say enough about him. He's a joy to watch on the field. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that they found a playmaker on offense. That's homegrown, that they don't have to you know, throw a huge deal right away, but that's homegrown and it's just so fun to watch. I love McLaurin. He's a great player. The first, the first one they've gotten right since Art Monk, I'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about Washington receivers, you think Art Monk, you think Gary Clark, you you throw Santana in there, and who else is left? You know, I mean, I mean, besides besides some of the older players, but like there's of the modern era, there's not a lot of them, man. He's up there for me, and I'm just I'm happy they found that guy. I, I kind of thought too when they drafted him. I don't know if you or you think the same thing. I thought, oh man, they're just kind of getting you know, Haskins guy in here, uh, you know, this is the owner, this is the owner kind of bringing his boy along and couldn't be more wrong. I'm very happy I was wrong about it. Yeah, all of us on that one, including the staff, I think, which to your point, I get in uh, a special teams ace. Uh, quite incredible to think he doesn't even play special teams now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, Gerard, when, when Gerard Christian is healthy, do you think he's getting his job back? Um... It's going to be tough, right? I mean, they've actually held it together, held it together, um, you know, without him. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they're going to evaluate him if he gets, if he gets healthy again um, or when he gets healthy again, I should say. I don't think he's going to walk right in, but I do think we're, we're in the type of season now. I mean, I know Ron's going to preach trying to win the division. You've got to see what you've got, right? So I would think he, he might not start, but I got to think he's going to get a lot of playing time down the stretch, especially if you want to, if you think he's in the plans for next year. I've been trying to figure this out and I've asked around to not much success. And maybe, you know, uh, because the structure is like a R Ron Rivera and then everybody else who gives credit for the, the Pierre Lewis's and the, um, oh, I lost his name now, but the, the guy that's played left tackle there uh, Lucas are those yep. guys that 
that Ron and them have been scouting? Is that a Kyle Smith thing? Do we have any idea who, who brought these guys in? I, I don't. My guess would be, though, Kyle Smith probably hands him a list and says, this is who I've got. And Ron probably makes a call or two and, and sees, you know, what goes on to. You know, I wouldn't even discount this. And this is just pure speculation on my part. You know, Doug Williams was really heavy, heavily involved with that in years past. And now he's moved to more of a player player side of things. But I got to think, too, if, if they've got some guys or he's interested in that, Doug Williams is, I bet you he, he chimes in here and there on some of that. So uh, I, it's probably a combination of all of them. Uh, I think I think before and past regimes, you know, I don't think Gruden had any kind of say when it came to personnel. It was kind of like, here's your guys, make them fit. Whereas now I think it is much more of a team effort. And I like that, to be honest, because before this regime, it was, oh, was it Bruce's guy? Was it Gruden's guy? Was it Doug Williams? Was it Schaefer? You know, someone wanted credit. And I think now we are just at a point with this organization that it's it's a team effort. And I think that's, you know, if they get it right, who cares? I think that's what we're at at this point. Where do you stand on giving Sheriff the big money? Um, You know, they're going to have a lot of cap space. If they think that they can sign him to a deal that is going to help this team solidify their offensive line, I say do it. But I also know guards are expendable and you can find them places. But um, if they don't want to spend the money, I totally understand. I'm leaning towards yes, but I also will totally understand if they don't go ahead and do it. Uh, I asked this question last week. It's, it's shifted simply because the quarterbacks there have shifted. But I asked uh, Les Carpenter what he thought that uh, eight had to do to keep his job. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you the same question for 11. What, what does 11 have to do to make the franchise feel like they don't have to draft quarterback in the first round next year? Or do you think that's, that's done and they're definitely drafting quarterback first round no matter what next year? I think it's inevitable that they draft a quarterback. Now I'm wondering, you know, if they play themselves out of kind of the top 10 here and, you know, you're kind of reaching for a quarterback. I think Alex Smith ends up maybe being a bridge guy, like you mentioned before, Um, as far as Alex Smith, you know, remaining this team's quarterback. I don't know if it's possible for him to be, to be completely honest. Cause I just don't know if they'll invest in the future with him. Right. I feel like the whole reason Kyle Allen was given a chance was because, oh, undrafted free agent. He showed a few things in Carolina. Um, he plays the way, the way they want them to play. And it was their guy for all intents and purposes. It was their guy. And they inherited Smith. They inherited Haskins. I think if Smith wants to stay here, um, he probably can, but they're not going to pay him a lot of money next year um, if, if, he, if he does want to remain the starter. Now, if he runs the offense to a T these next three, four weeks and they get a bunch of wins and then they somehow get into a playoff spot, sure. I, I think if he, if he runs the offense, doesn't turn the ball over, uh, he, he could demonstrate that he'd be a bridge guy. But I think it's going to depend on draft ranking if they're going to draft a quarterback next year, to be completely honest. That was one of those funny games uh, yesterday where – it felt like the defense didn't play well, and yet after five turnovers, they lost that ball game by three and really had put the offense in an opportunity to win that game. It, the defense is odd, isn't it? Yes, yes. The fact that they can't seem to put a whole game together 
is just so weird to me. You know, I, I could understand it at the beginning of the season where we're all everybody's getting to know each other. It's COVID. Nobody's been in a game, even a game situation, right? Like a preseason. I could understand it for the first three or four weeks of the season, but we have consistently now seen a defense that either shows up in the first half and doesn't in the second or vice versa. And I'm with you. Yesterday was a weird one in that you think five turnovers and, and five, five, to, five turnovers to zero turnovers for the Giants, which was shocking. You think that turns into a blowout and it doesn't. Weird is the perfect word to put it on this defense. There is clearly so much talent on the defensive line and they just seemingly can't put a whole entire game together. And you think if they did, they'd probably have one, maybe two more wins out of it. It, it, it really is an enigma. I'm, I'm not sure how they put it together. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, because I think it felt like they weren't pressuring the quarterback yesterday, but in the end, five sacks and nine hurries is a pretty good day. I, I'm curious where you stand on Bostic. Uh, what is he the coach has done a good job of moving people around it feels like Bostic is kind of getting a free pass at this point what do you think All right, just a couple more here, and we'll let you run out. Appreciate sure. your time today. Uh, we were talking about Bostic right there. He seems like the only one that's not being put to task quite like some of the rest of them have. He doesn't seem like he's been very good the last couple of games. Have you seen that too? Yeah, yeah, uh, full-on agree. I, I think this is kind of a circumstance where they know the linebackers are a bit of a hodgepodge, right? And Bostic is a leader on this team. He played well last year. I think this is just kind of a, they ran out of bodies. He's just a guy and they're not really going to bench him. Uh, um, I've liked that Cole Holcomb has gotten a little more playing time here lately with the linebacking core. But I think this is just a case where, you know, sometimes you just have what you have. And, and Bostic is that type of player right now. I can't foresee them holding on to him next year, but I think it's just a, it's a numbers game and he's out there because, well, it's all they've got. So I'm with you. You don't stand on the side that says taking Chase Young was a bad idea, no matter how well he plays, right? You, you'd be happy to have Chase Young instead of the two quarterbacks that they could have had? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the Chase Young pick. I, I think the most underrated thing with Chase, besides his play on the field, which we've seen has been fantastic, and he opens up so much for all those other linemen and, and even the linebackers at times, um, this franchise lacks – you know, a local homegrown kid and him being from around here going to DeMatha, um, I think is going to be an awesome thing to watch for years to come for just a local guy to play on this team. We don't have a lot of that here when we do have a lot of football talent coming up from the high school level and even, you know, going to the college level. Um, no, the, the combination of how great he is and being from around here. No, no, absolutely not. I don't regret this one for a second. Um, I understand quarterbacks run this, run this league, but, um, uh, no, you don't pass on the generational talent, especially when he's from around here. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm fully on board with the chase young pick still. I think I know where you stand on this, but I'll, I'll ask anyway, that the team ran the ball nine times on Sunday 
but they racked up 400 yards of offense. Most of that not sloppy comeback time. I mean, they were always coming yeah. back, but where where do you stand on the idea that you have to run the ball no matter what? Um, I don't think you have to if that's part of your plan, right? And all we were told this offseason and prepared for was that they weren't going to run the ball as much, but pass it to Gibson, McKissick, whoever it may be. And there's a reason they let Adrian Peterson go too, right? That, that they weren't going to traditionally run the ball. You know, this is the NFL's offenses are constantly changing. And if you're running the ball now is a check down to the running back. I'm, I'm fine with it. I I'm completely on board with it. And this has been the plan too. Like I actually don't care. I I'm more, I'm more am like saying if, if somebody's going to tell me they want to run the ball 15 to 25 times a game and they don't do it, that's on them. But we've been prepped this whole entire offseason and this, you know, regular season that they're not really a running team and they only do it against, you know, teams that they have to like they did against the Cowboys because the Cowboys were that terrible against the run. I'm I'm fine with with more of the running backs catching balls than running them through the tackles. And one last one for you, just because I'm curious about it. When when you and Bram are preparing for his show and, and you do your meetings, and I know you got one coming up soon, when the team starts becoming bad and they start losing more, what are you what are you looking for to kind of keep the momentum up when your team's not doing well? Oh, I mean, I, I'm a veteran at this one. Uh, considering I got into radio at twenty in 2013, it was the day after RG3 tore his knee up against the Seahawks. Um, turning turning to the good side of things and keeping it positive is like second nature to me at this point. You know, we honestly, I think everyone does the same thing. You look at the the youth that's playing on the team. You look at any of the young players that you can look forward to next year. I think that's where you turn to right away. The other hard part here is, you know, when I'm just I'm just showing when I really first got into this team, it was when Joe Gibbs came back the second time around. And, you know, Gibbs kept them competitive in a lot of games, even though they, the record wasn't as good as we would see. Zorn didn't. Shanahan didn't for the most part. And Gruden didn't either. But yesterday was kind of a return back to that. And this is where I what I guess I'll say is. You know, a lot of times the negatives far outweigh the positives. But with Rivera lately, the positives are easy to pick out, right? I mean, from last yesterday's game, we had a brutal loss that was 23 to 20, but it was a three-point game. Cam Sims had a great game. Terry McLaurin had a great game. There was a lot more to look forward to. But in general, we try to look at the younger players that we can look for and hopefully be good down the line. I think that's where we fall. But, you know, I think this year has been a little bit different in that there's a lot more to look forward to, and they're not getting blown out from games either. And you can kind of have more of a level head when they're not being blown out. So I guess to answer your question, we kind of just look forward to see who we can evaluate next year and kind of help the team next year as opposed to this year if it, if it happens to be a brutal loss or a bad season. Mike, we appreciate you giving us some time today. That's a lot of fun. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you having me. Okay. Mike Kyle, everybody.